Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast for the believers, the doubters and everyone in between. Now, Ben, so it's a bit different this week because normally uh, when Ben does an episode, I haven't got a clue what it's about. But Ben sent me a text this week and I don't know if this counts as a jot or not so again regular listeners will know we always do if we have any weird coincidences or strange things little things just one of those things we talk about them on the podcast so I last week I was watching on Netflix that movie The Lighthouse with I think it's directed by Robert Eggers and I think it was written by him and his brother it's got Robert Patterson in it William Defoe. I mean, it's brilliant. I've no idea what it's about, even after watching it. And <laughs> Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody, Nobody does. does. Actually, uh, is it Simon Mayo and the, the Mark Commode thing? Simon, Simon Mayo did a really good description of it. He said he saw it at the cinema and he absolutely loved it. But just like the characters in the film, he just wanted it to end. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have watched it, but it's... It's like, I would liken it to you go to a restaurant that's Michelin starred and then you decide to just order steamed broccoli for every yeah. course. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> that's a good description. Uh, and then you kind of, you, you're condemned, you know, for the tasting menu for eight courses just to eat the steamed broccoli. It's, yeah. it's really hard. It's really hard. It's a hard watch, and I, I confess I did it in two parts. Um, and like I said, it looks beautiful. The s- soundtrack and the audio on it is amazing. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just a, a weird, a weird ride. But I, I get the Simon Mayo thing of just wanted it to stop. But the reason I'm telling you this is I'd finished watching it, and then 10 minutes later, this text comes through from Ben. Now, in the movie, there are a couple of weird scenes with mermaids. One of the characters has a like a mermaid uh, sculpture, I guess, or talisman that he's got that he finds in a bed. And then there's a bit where he has some, some jiggy time with a mermaid in it, and there's some very weird scenes. So <laughs> I, just finished, I just finished watching it, and then Ben sent me this text... And it just said, do you believe in mermaids? <laughs> now, normally, like, I'm used to those kind of texts from Ben. I know that sounds a bit weird for everybody else who'd get that text and probably block him. Um, but, <laughs> but it was so weird. I'd literally just watched, finished watching this movie, which had these weird mermaid scenes. And I was like, is he, is he monitoring me? Has he got a secret <laughs> camera? That he's, has he managed to hack into my computer like some, some Russian hacker? But no, you, it, it was you hinting about what I think this episode's going to be like. It is. I don't know. I, 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 you know. I know the movie's quite new onto Netflix, so maybe it's just zeitgeist and not a jot in any way, shape or form or anything weird. But I did think it was strange. Well, so... We owe this episode to my partner, Rachel, because um, every week I go through, and, and, and I, I know you do as well, I was 
thinking like I, I probably need to order a book I need to check out the 14 times uh use my imagination like what what am I going to bring the audience this week and I said to Rachel um what you know we're at episode 92 now what what would you like to hear about and oh that's a good idea she 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 came straight back and said mermaids and i thought oh that's interesting but i think it's probably all nonsense on the mermaids and so i said okay sure and then i started researching and then I found it wasn't all nonsense, and there was quite a lot of really good evidence. And no, that's really? what, yeah, and that's what I texted you to say, "Do you believe in mermaids?" Because I was like literally knee deep in mermaid <laughs> in evidence. Yes, yes, mermaid tales, mermaid tales, and I, I was like, "Oh gosh, this is really super exciting." And and it ter- completely freaked me out. I must say. Getting that after watching the lighthouse was just like, oh my god! Mm. But but I think uh, I think the weird thing about mermaids is that um, they're probably the most um, I don't know if 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 this makes sense, but the, the most socially acceptable cryptid because they're in mm. so many uh, films, cartoons like Splash, the Little Mermaid. Um, yeah. You, you know, in so many things, and 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 so much more than, you know, probably the second most accepted cryptid, which is probably Bigfoot. So you kind of go Bigfoot and the Hendersons and bloody 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 blah blah. And then you start getting darker into the kind of vampire territory, don't you? Which can which can swing either way, if you see what I mean. Yes. Oh. Oh. Completely. Completely. But what what I had never done because I just. It hadn't really come across my, you know, what do Americans say? My wheelhouse. I just never really thought about mermaids as a real thing. I'd always thought they were, you know, just made up. And 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 when you when you, when the the first thing that you'll do if you start thinking are mermaids real, you will bump into uh, manatees, and yep. also. Yep. The brilliantly named dugongs, which are part of um, Ooh, saying, what's a dugong? I've not well, I'm not have to Google that. Dugongs and manatees, they are a part of the same family, and um, they're, they're part of a family of uh, animals called uh, Serenia. I think that's how you say it, but they kind of look the same. So uh, they look a bit like a hippo. They do look a bit like a hippo. But uh, the difference between dugongs and manatees is the the way the tail works. So as I understand it, manatees have a tail which goes north to south. And I believe that dugongs have a tail that goes east to west. And I think that's the difference. But apparently... I'm I'm looking at a post that says... Know your Sirimans, which I guess is the species. Yes. And a, 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 a dugong looks like it's got more of a, a dolphin tail. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. That's right. So yeah. it's kind of like the vertical as opposed to the horizontal. Yeah. But but everything that I thought I knew about mermaids was was dependent on uh, basically what we call sea cows. So uh, manatees, people call them sea cows, and apparently they're yep. really they're really friendly creatures. But if you look at them from a specific an- angle they kind of look like they have a mammalish face and front torso and a fish back end and yeah. everything that we're told is oh yeah the story of mermaids is people who knew no better who were sailors saw manatees or dugongs dugongs is a better name i love dugongs i love a dugong i'd never heard of a dugong and now i'm, I'm yeah, yeah. They're my favorite animal ever <laughs> can, can, I'll, I'll have a dugong and chips please um <laughs> that's wrong <laughs> look at the size of that it's battered um no but the but the what what we're told is oh it was it was sailors misinterpreting what they were seeing with manatees, um, sea cows. And like, that sort of makes sense that you kind of go, yeah, yeah, no, I get you. And, and it could be that those creatures had, uh, you know, been deceased and washed up on the beach and you could see that, okay, so maybe it looks like there is a confabulation between, like at the front end, it looks sort of mammalish. At the back end, it looks fishish. Fair yeah. enough. Fair I, enough. And and they're quite. Uh, they look a. They look a little bit kind of plumper than a human, but they're a similar size, aren't they? Well, you say they look plumper than a human. Um, <laughs> depending on the human, obviously. Depending on the human, I I I, <laughs> I think they look exactly correct for my plumpness, but. Oh well, this is interesting. Sorry, I've, I've you've got me googling. No, no, hit hit on. I've I, we'll do a bit of top trumps. If you want a long life, do you want to be a manatee or a dugon? Oh, a dugon probably. Yeah, you've got it. Average lifespan of a manatee is forty years. Average lifespan of a dugon seventy. Gosh. Well, they know what they're doing. Nearly twice as long. Live twice as long. Nearly. But, well, they don't smoke, do they? That's, <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. It's that tail. It's, it's <laughs> something to do with the tail. <laughs> it is. But, but look, after Rachel said, like, do something on uh, mermaids, I was kind of sceptical and I was like, okay, fine. Let me just have a look around because I don't think there are any credible tales of mermaids how wrong i was wow so i'm gonna do this in chronological order and i've i've assembled a bunch of i guess what you'd say is eyewitness tales but the (laughs) the first one (laughs) we're gonna make that gag a lot aren't we (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we really are. But the the first one comes from Pliny the Elder. And 
Oh, I like. I'm going to get into more credible territory later, but Pliny the Elder lived in the first century, and the TV show QI often sort of talks about Pliny the Elder because he was mad. He would come up with, you know, the cure for a sore throat is strapping a fox to your neck and, you know, drinking some rocks or something. But in the first century AD, he wrote multiple accounts in a book that he created called Natural History and he wrote about Nereids, N-E-R-E-I-D-S, and the way that he uh, talks about them is that they're a uh, they're they're a species of mermaid, basically. And right. he sa- he says they look like women with rough, scaly bodies, like fish. Um. But they were, <laughs> and and the way he describes witnessing them was that they were sitting upon dolphins or other ocean creatures. Now that to me is like very Disney. Like you've you've kind of, you know, you've you've you basically what he's describing is a mermaid riding a dolphin. Right. But um, he has various different accounts of these. N- n- Nereids, I, I think it's Nereids. I think it's, uh, I, I don't really know how to say it, but, um, he also talks about Merman. So he talks about his witnessing of a Merman in the Gulf of Cadiz, and he says that this Merman would climb upon the decks of ships in the night, and he would sit, and. Uh, the ship would move. Uh, Its displacement in the water would move down because of its weight. Because apparently he was um, he was quite weight. He was you know he was quite big, and 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 he goes on to say if the merman sat there long enough, the ship would go underwater. So this is this is obviously like you know a big fat fish. Um, But you know, it, like this is this is something that he's committed to his journals, and I don't know how much weight we can put in those because, uh, like, Pliny is known for being a little bit eccentric and possibly bit, bit on the eccentric side. Yeah, he's possibly although, although he does talk about Merman and I like I think we talked about it in the the horror movies episode we did. It's like one of my favorite bits in the cabin in the woods that they really want to see the Merman. That Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. 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 Well, I I tell you what if you do Merman as a Google search you come out with some quite um interesting stuff. <laughs> it's probably all quite disgusting. Um, it's, it, it's semi-erotic, I would say. <laughs> Semi. <laughs> yeah, depending on your, your perspective. Okay. Well, in terms of timeline, the next account uh, comes at 10.40, uh, but, well, between 10.40 and 11, uh, 11.05. And this is by a rabbi... <laughs> 
And this, again, this is, this is AD rather than time wise. Right? This is, yes, it's yeah, just before no, the pubs close, you mean? It, yeah, yeah, no, it, did, it didn't happen this morning. You're right. It, this, this is like 2,000 years ago. Yeah. And the account comes from a guy called Rabbi Shlomo Yitzjaki. I really wish that I hadn't chosen contributors who, who whose name wasn't, you know. It Claire wouldn't be Smith. one of our podcasts, Ben, if at least one of us didn't have a name we couldn't pronounce. Okay, fair, fair, fair. So it, it's it's a little quirk of the quantum mechanics. <laughs> so he describes. Uh, so he lived between those those dates, ten forty and eleven oh five. And he describes mermaids in uh, an ancient Jewish book that he was the author of. Uh, and it's called Talmud. And the the sort of the sentence that he uses to introduce these creatures is he says, there are fish in the sea with which half is in the form of a man and half is in the form of a fish called serene in old French. Now that's kind of um that that feels like a little bit uh sort of random. But there is a another rabbi who goes on to explain what he's talking about. And and he says this refers to the creatures uh sorry, the, the creature in the sea, which is similar in part to a person from the navel upwards, and it is similar in a, to a woman in all aspects in that it has breasts and long hair like that of a woman, and from the navel downwards, it is a fish. And he also goes on to mention that these mermaids sing beautifully and have a pleasant voice, and that's where we kind of have an intersection between the uh, the sort of the cryptoid, which is a... Uh, a, a half fish, half human figure, and then also the siren. Uh, yeah, yeah, the siren. But yeah, so what he what he's alluding to there, which is a two thousand year old text, is that um, there is a relationship between these cryptids and the sirens. And and for anyone who doesn't know, the the idea about the sirens is they would lure sailors onto the rocks because they had these beautiful voices and they would sing uh very enchanting songs and the sailors would smash their ships on on the rocks and and the sirens you 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 know their their job was to kill the the sailors and is this i guess this is why i'm just looking at it now on the dugon the the order or whatever it's called, I think it's called the order, is Serenia. So that's obviously where they get their kind of family species name from. Yes, the overarching yes. one, Serenia from the sirens. But it may, I tell you what's making me think, um, and I don't really know the chronology chronology of cryptids, but it must be one of the earliest examples of a written about cryptid yeah i think so and uh, i probably i would uh add yes in the western world i think 
probably in uh, Chinese and Japanese law, you'd probably get like dragons and stuff coming up. But yes, in, in, in the Western world, I think you're right. And, and we're going to come on to some accounts from people that you will recognize okay. from uh, from our history. So uh, it's a bit of a jump, but the next one in terms of chronology is a mid-13th century book called Speculum Regale. And again, <laughs> scholars... You, you, you didn't order that one, did you, Ben? I would have had 400 pages of that doesn't sound like an easy read. I did not, no. no. Okay. Um, and and uh, what I was very glad to find is that someone had very kindly found me uh, the quote I needed. But it's, right. it, it's a mid-13th century book, but it describes a mermaid being washed ashore on the coast of Greenland. And the quote says, Like a woman, as far down as her waist, long hands and soft hair, the neck and head in all respects like those of a human being. The hands seem to be long and the fingers not to be pointed, but united into a web-like that on the feet of water birds. So, So they're kind of pointing out that there is um, there's webbing between the fingers. Yeah. From the waist downwards, this monster resembles a fish with scales, tails and fins. This shows itself especially before heavy storms. So this is a, a, con, a, you know, a an account contemporary of the 13th century and it is talking about a washed up creature in as I say, in Greenland, and there is absolutely there the evidence that that the author is saying, you know, this looks like a human being from the head down, and then a fish below. And I know there's going to be a whole load of people that go, well, yeah, but that's what a decaying manatee might look like. So we'll go into other cases in a minute. But I thought that was that was quite a powerful thing. Well, it's the hair as well, because neither a manatee or a dugong, unless there's a specific species that I can't find, don't have hair, right? Or you know, no. they do look like can. It's. I think that's what's interesting about the mermaid and merman reports that it it. They are distinctly different top half of their body to the bottom half of their body, which mm. the animals that get related to them don't look like that. Mm, mm. That's that. Yeah, that's exactly right. But I think in terms of the hair, I think um, what people might say if they were saying, "Well, it's um, it's it's a washed up." Uh, identifiable creature is that when the the body of let's say a manatee decomposes and the skin falls off the the fat underneath it and the skin it does resemble hair but right 
if if you've ever seen like a uh, and you can find these on youtube if you if you look for um a decomposing whale for example um or 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 a walrus what what you end up seeing is that um the the fat and the blubber underneath the skin sort of turns into shreds and it does look like you know it does look like hair but right. it, it's hair if you if you have a bit of an imagination because it isn't hair like we would see on our heads it's kind of like um white pieces of um you, you know sort of stringiness so you could say oh it's it's hair like but it isn't actually hair because yeah. uh you you know hair is much finer it's probably darker or you know has a certain color to it this is this is white and it is if you examine it it is uh, uh pieces of of fat basically yeah yeah um and and the thing is with those accounts because they're so old we we don't really know whether the author was trying to sort of uh build a simile between oh well it looked like hair but we didn't touch it or it it was so like hair that it was exactly the same as i might see on a man or a woman who was walking down the street yeah. so uh, so i think with those ones we kind of have to be careful of the eyewitness accounts but yeah. I'm going to bring you closer to the modern day and we're going to get closer and closer and closer. But I was really surprised to find this account by Christopher Columbus in 1493. You've and heard I, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he, he's famous for something. Yeah, I can't remember what. I, and, and I know, and this isn't part of the episode, but... He both saw a UFO and a USO, uh, and he right. recorded those. But when I, not... I didn't know that, wow. Okay, we're yeah, gonna yeah. Have to do. We're gonna have to talk about that another time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But on the 9th of January, fourteen ninety three, Christopher Columbus was sailing near the Dominican Republic, and he wrote in his journal about the three mermaids he saw. And he says, they were not as beautiful as they are painted, although to some extent they have a human appearance in the face. And, and, and that is, that's the note he makes. <laughs> and it's kind of a bit rude, isn't it? It's like, well, it's they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of ugly. Um, but what it doesn't do is give us any evidence that he saw anything other than perhaps a dolphin, a perhaps a manatee, perhaps a dugong, absolutely. Because I was thinking that when I was looking at the dugongs, because I was looking at it going, well, I wonder how this myth came about of these kind of almost, you know, attractive, seductive creatures. Because mm. when you look at a dugong or a manatee, they, you know, yeah, they kind of... They look more like a miserable old man than they do a kind of, you know, a beautiful creature. I mean, they're beautiful in their own way, but you know what I'm saying. So, I do. So, so actually his description does seem 
closer to the description well, of a dugong than a mermaid. Yeah, yeah, and, and he sounds kind of disappointed that yeah, they were not as beautiful as they are in in the paintings. <laughs> even even after three gallons of rum. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, so, so this encounter, like, it's possible that they were manatees because manatees would be around the Dominican Republic at the time. And, and like, his kind of fairly scathing reaction that, yeah, they're not as beautiful as I thought they were going to be. <laughs> it's possible they were manatees. But what is interesting about it is that he's obviously an experienced sailor by this point. Like, he's not just a person that is, you know, he's not a day tripper. And one would think he would have seen manatees before because this is not his, you know, this is not his first rodeo. He's, he's, he's been around this time. Uh, he, he's, he's, uh, sailed these shores before and yet he thinks it's worthy of recording. And, and he points out that there are three of them. Now, if it was manatees, and he was going to record the fact there were three of them. It, that wouldn't. It's weird because it wouldn't be the first time that he'd seen three manatees. It just wouldn't because yeah. uh, they they were so pervasive ar- around the waters that he was sailing. It would have just become you know something in his diary where he would have said, you know, he might not have called them manatees, but he would have said, oh, I saw you know, a number of these creatures. And yet he very clearly calls out that there were three and that they weren't as attractive as he thought they were going to be. But he also, like, I think the other thing about it is it's like a passing reference. He's like, yeah, mermaids, yeah, of course. Yeah, just, I saw them. They weren't that pretty. Yeah, moving on. Um, uh, Oh, there's a UFO. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, like, there's a whole load of other stuff that could have been going on, like, um, you know, these are big, long sea trips. He's probably malnourished. As you say, he's probably three pints of rum deep. So there could be all sorts of things but i think it's really i think the most interesting thing about that account is its brevity and the fact that he doesn't go further into it because it's almost like um mermaids were uh, uh, an accepted thing yeah um but when we talk about sea explorers i want to take you to 1608 and again <laughs> this is uh years not times okay. there's, there's a uh a, a sea explorer called henry hudson never heard of him before right. um and uh, apparently he was you know he sailed all over the world that's what i found about him he he was he was just one of those people that um was was exploring the the world and was trying to find new lands and stuff but um in his journal he has a pretty detailed account of an encounter with a mermaid and 
it's it's a paragraph long and it goes like this this morning one of our company looking overboard saw a mermaid and calling up some of the company to see her one more came up and by that tune she was come close to the ship's side so this is like sic spelling is correct we're we're sort of going back into um uh 16th century language looking yeah. earnestly on the men's a little after a uh, after a sea came and overturned her from the navel upwards her back and breasts were like that of a woman's as they say that they saw her her body as big as one of us her skin very white and her hair long hanging down behind the color uh, uh, behind her and the color of blacks in her going down they saw her tail which was like that of a tail of a porpoise and speckled like a mackerel so this is a very detailed account of an encounter that not only henry saw but all the other people on the ship were called in to see and and if you kind of break through the awkward old english uh phrases there what he's saying is we've got um the top half is a woman with black hair and uh breasts as you would imagine a human female to be and then the bottom half is uh, uh it, he's describing it scaled like a tail and it's got the coloring of a mackerel on on the tail and and what is interesting about that account is that that doesn't describe in any way a manatee that it, it's that it's that description of the mackerel which mm. does not match a manatee because manatees are uniform color a kind of uh, light gray and so that coloring does not match that at all and and I think that is super interesting. There's um, there's quite a lot about that story, isn't there? There's quite a lot of art as well that depicts that scene. So it's quite it obviously resonates it resonates that description. I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it goes into the journal, and and again, the weird thing is, like if I'd seen that. I'd probably be thinking about it for a few days. But he just writes this kind of, it's about 60 words, and then just moves on to, you know, how rough the sea is. Yeah. Um, but, the, but that says to me, like, at this point in history, these people are accepting this as, you, you know, it's just a thing. It's, it's not even a cryptid. It's like... Um, it's a rare creature. It's like, you know, finding a sturgeon. It's 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 a it's a rare a rare thing. And then, like, I want to I want to take you a little bit further um, by uh, a couple of hundred years, seventeen ninety seven. This is an account by a guy called William Monroe, and he was a school teacher. And he lived in northern England and he claims to have seen a mermaid combing her hair. And that is like an archetypal thing that we think about mermaids. This is something that appears in 
you know, Disney films, right? Mermaids combing their hair. That's that's yeah. a thing. Um, but his his account is is kind of fascinating, and it's it's about a hundred words long, and it goes like this. He says, about twelve years ago, when I was a, a parochial schoolmaster at Rigi, in the course of my walking on the shore at Sandside Bay. Being a fine warm day in summer, I was induced to extend my walks up towards Sandside Head when my attention was arrested by the appearance of a figure resembling an unclothed human female sitting upon a rock extending into the sea and apparently in the action of combing its hair, which flowed around its shoulders and of a light brown colour. The resemblance which the figure bore to its proto uh, prototype in all its visible parts was so striking that had not the rock on which it was sitting been dangerous for bathing, I would have been constrained to have regarded it as a, a really a human form and to an eye unaccustomed to the situation it must have undoubtedly appeared as such. The head was covered with hair of the colour above mentioned and shaded on the crown the forehead round the face plump the cheeks ruddy the eyes blue the mouth and lips of a natural form resembling those of a man the teeth i could not discover as the mouth was shut the breasts and abdomen the arms and fingers of the size in which the hands were employed did not appear to be webbed but as to this i am not positive so that is there is one thing from a witness point of view that slightly worries me about that is he he doesn't know whether the hands and feet or whatever were webbed yes but he knew it had blue eyes that i mean you'd have to be quite close to that yeah 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 no i'm with <laughs> I, I i'm absolutely with you it 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 does it does shout of an unreliable account doesn't it <laughs> yeah. um I'm not saying he hasn't seen one. He might have just been overcome with with the sight. But yeah, yeah. I like when I was reading that. I was thinking, like, I'm trying to present evidence of people <laughs> who have seen mermaids, but I kind of think he might have found a naturist swimmer. I am um, because, but I was thinking weirdly as you were reading it. I was thinking that because. Especially in in these in those times, to see someone naked swimming must have been quite shocking. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, totally. Um, but I, I think I think the, the 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 problem I have when you're looking at evidence is the the previous encounter spoke a lot of the the webbed fingers. And this one, he's saying, I don't know. Um, and as you say, the detail appears, you know, it's it's quite granular detail. He's talking about, as you say, the colour of the eyes, it's it's combing its hair. And, and he, he goes on to say, you know, if, if the rock that it was sitting on wasn't so dangerous, I'd swim out and see it like like a dirty fish pervert. But um <laughs> I'll tell you that's the worst chip shop near us. <laughs> yeah, the, chi the, the chips are good though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. You go down the dirty chip pervert. 
there's there's a follow up because he he gives this this subsequent account in his uh in in his journal and he says immediately before it's getting into its natural element i seem to have uh, uh sorry it seemed to have observed me as the eyes were directed towards the eminence on which i stood uh, i mean that is literally the most convoluted way of saying it was looking at me but yeah. right <laughs> yeah he he goes on to say it may be necessary to remark that previous to the period i beheld the object I had heard it frequently reported by several persons, and some of them, uh, some of them, person whose veracity I never heard disputed, and that they had seen such a phenomena as I have described. Though then, like many others, I was not disposed to credit their testimony on this subject. I can say of a truth that it was only the seeing of the phenomena that I was perfectly convinced of its existence. Like Jesus, could you just have like used ten <laughs> words? What yeah. what he's basically saying is other people had said that they'd seen this mermaid. He didn't believe who, them. Who, then he yeah. saw it, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. There's a I mermaid." Mean, yep. But but I think what you were saying and what I was thinking is like with the the time the time we're speaking of uh, again, seventeen ninety seven. And I don't think it's completely unheard of uh, in 1797 that there would be a young woman who would prefer to bathe in the sea without any clothes. And and so what happens is other people, you know, go, oh, have you seen this creature who sits on this rock and combs her hair and, you know... I I think I think it might be a mermaid and and I wonder whether going to the idea that it's a mermaid is more socially acceptable than saying oh it's a naked a naked woman who yeah. l- likes swimming in the sea and but and also, to me uh, go on, sorry. no no I was going to say to me that feels like that would be the case it, yeah and no, I I guess that that's always the the line, let's say, that's used, isn't it, for uh, for for men at sea who who see mermaids, isn't it? It's because they, like you, we were saying earlier, they've been, maybe they might be slightly scurvied, mm. they've been drinking lots of rum, they've not seen a woman for months and months and months, maybe even years, that you know, suddenly a dolphin or a, or you know a manatee or whatever starts to almost you know you can see it on a moonlit night in the dark starts to take on a different yes yes a different thing for you because you know yeah okay yeah yeah no that that's right and i and i i, I also think from that account that um it's more socially acceptable to say that this is a mermaid than this is a young woman who likes bathing in the nude and yeah and i was standing there watching her for ages yeah 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 Yeah. 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 Uh, i oh she was oh such a fish but (laughs) but like if if it was like we we don't think anything odd of somebody today who likes going 
you know, bathing in the nude is, is completely acceptable. But back in the 17th century, I think that is probably a difficult thing to... Shocking, yeah. Yeah, it's shocking and it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to countenance. And if you see somebody who appears to be, you know, topless on a rock combing their hair and you've been imbued with the folklore of mermaids, then you're probably more likely to report a mermaid than you are to report, oh, it was just a naked woman going for a swim. swim. Be- because I think probably the, the the social reaction to, I saw a naked woman going for a swim, is is much less socially acceptable than... I think I probably saw a mermaid, and I yeah. think we we have we have to overlay that onto those stories, and, and and really the the flowery language that is used. I know it's the the language of the time, but none of that convinces me that he'd seen a mermaid. It it really does convince me that he he'd seen a local gal who. You know, the, you couldn't buy speedos in 1797, and she was probably just ahead of her time in um, getting fit, and just like to you know go go out for a swim in the waves. And yep. when he says, "Oh, oh I, I would have gone out to see her, but the rock was too dangerous." I think, well, you know, you're probably not a strong swimmer, and she is probably a strong swimmer. And if if you'd have stayed to watch, like which is a bit of a disturbing thing, but if you'd stayed to have watched, you'd have probably seen that she'd have picked up her clothes, wandered back, and done her thing. And so to 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 this point in time, I see no evidence of mermaids. But that's that's going to change as I take you through the next uh, the next accounts. Just um, before you do, I, I do think it is quite strange that 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 combing the hair business seems to be a thing. I don't know where that comes from. Well, because it's not it's not the first thing you'd think about, even if you're a naked swimmer. Oh, I must remember my comb for when I come out. I no, want my hair to look. I don't want my hair to look weird while I'm drying off naked. No, no, that's right, that's right. But if you are a woman with long hair. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to have a comb. You put your hands through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And and if you're trying to dry it. Yeah. Got it. You you, you know, you, you tend to you 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 tend to push it, put it into a bun or push it into a ponytail, yeah. um, because you don't want it falling all over your face. And all of these accounts refer to the time when women would have had longer hair. That was just the way they wore their hair. Mm. So, uh, and, and particularly if you're not in a environment where you've got access daily to a shower or whatever, this could have been a situation where they're, they're like washing their hair. So what they're doing is, is pulling the water through their hair, not only to dry it, but to cleanse it. And yes, it there could have been a comb, but I think when they talk about their combing their hair, I think you know if they're not close enough to see whether they've got webbed fingers or not, 
what they're doing is seeing somebody pushing their fingers through their hair to separate the strands and to make sure the water falls out of them and to make sure the hair is as clean as possible. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And if if you lived in a lovely coastal resort in the UK and you could you could go out swimming every day and you you know you because you don't have plumbing or whatever it's it's just a nice thing to do because you can stay clean and the idea that um you can you know you don't you don't need a swimming costume because like in in 1797 who's got a swimming costume they don't exist but you think oh well i've got this beach to myself and then you've got this guy who's like oh who's that down there she did she looks like a topless fish woman but actually what he's seeing is just somebody you know he's not used to the uh the situation she's she's just like you know oh well i'm a i'm a naked swimmer but you know who cares like in 1797 going out and swimming and cleaning yourself and uh, keeping fit and and if you think you're not going to be observed it doesn't matter does it like I think he's I think he's adding all the fish stuff. But we're going to hear some stories where I think people aren't adding the fish stuff. So so far we've spoken about sightings which aren't necessarily in the British Isles. But when we get to 1810 not 10 past 6 <laughs> 1810 um, there are some Merchild sightings in Britain. Oh. And, yeah, I know. And this is in the British press. And it tells of two children found on the Isle of Wight. And the story goes, a fisherman thought he heard a dying bird and went towards the noise. And he noticed that one dead Merchild and there was another nearby. They must have been injured by the recent storm, he thought. He took the injured merchild home and nursed it back to health. The merchildren were under... T- they, well, so this is, this is describing what they look like. They were under two feet in length and had the torso of a normal child and the tail of a fish. The hair was like seaweed, stringy and green, and the colour was a pale brown. The merchild... Uh, ate mussels provided by the man and sometimes drank milk and it was eventually let back into the sea <laughs> so yeah well, that's sorry when, what year was this again so that's 1810 oh that's such a sweet story nursed it, a merchild back to life and oh yeah i know but it's kind of it's it's kind of weird like if you get mermen and mermaids, you're going to have mer children. You're going to have mer children. Yeah, yeah. But and, and I guess it proves the point that you know, to some level, these 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 creatures are mammals rather than fish, because they obviously breathe air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so the way they work out though is the front part is a mammal, the back part is not a mammal. <laughs> So, like, and I think that's the weirdest thing about it is the the reporting of breasts indicates that that would be 
providing milk to youngsters. Yeah. But fish lay eggs. So where did these mer children, you know, with with <laughs> were they hatched oh. from eggs or were they born well, they from sh- kind sh- of... sharks um birth live young, don't they? They're fish. Uh yeah, they do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Do you know what do you know what a baby shark is called? I don't I'm not gonna do the song. Oh I think, I think I think go on, have a go. Uh is it a pup? It is a pup, which I think is really sweet as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um yeah, the dogfish are sharks, right? Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um <laughs> well, we're not David Attenborough, are we? <laughs> 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 Welcome to be- BBC yeah. Earth. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. The quantum mechanics, we're hardly Blue Planet, are we? No. <laughs> well, they well, do milk and they've got, they uh, must like, but don't sharks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,. Uh, Look, let me let me let me take you further forward in time because um, we're we're going to run long on this episode, and I've got I've got a few stories to tell, and right. at the end of these stories, I've got my dinner, and it turns out that I am hungry. Not than I fish, thought. are you? Oh, yeah, I'm going to have a massive battered mermaid. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll just have the chips. Yeah. Um, so the next story is uh, goes to 1943. So you can see that we're uh, much more forward in time, and this relates to Japanese soldiers who were stationed in a 555 square mile area in the Kai Islands in Indonesia, and they had some strange encounters in 1943. The local villagers were familiar with these creatures, apparently, and called them orang ikan, which translates to fishman. The creatures were described as being around 150 centimetres tall, having spikes on the spine, shoulders and neck. They were said to have a pink salmon-coloured skin and a mouth that resembled a carp. That is not an attractive thing if you're going to get into bed with them. Rather than having a fishtail, these creatures had long arms and frog-like legs, both of which had talons at the end. The Japanese soldiers recorded many different sightings, saying they'd never even saw uh, some uh, some of these creatures, but they were amphibious but mostly seemed at home in the water. One instance, a troop of soldiers claimed to be exploring some unseen land and came upon a natural lagoon. Everything seemed normal until there was sudden thrashing in the water and Orang Ikan jumped out of the water onto a nearby rock. It turned and faced the soldiers to let out a gurgling burping noise that didn't seem to be friendly. They then saw another creature moving smoothly in the water towards them as fast as any fish would. Not knowing the intention of the creatures, the soldiers started shooting at the rocks and into the water only to have the creatures disappear from view. And they go on to say a sergeant named uh, Mr. Taro spoke to the villagers and requested if any of the Orangakan were captured dead or alive to contact him immediately 
It was soon after that that the chief summoned the general and, to his astonishment, saw with his own eyes the lifeless aquatic creature and he describes what he saw. He says it was roughly four foot nine inches tall, pinkish skin, human-looking face and limbs, spikes along the head and a mouth like a carp. Again, disgusting mouth carp. Mr. Taro Hariba made his best efforts after the war to get the scientific community involved. Yet, unfortunately, nothing happened. So, that is... So, they they had... Sounds like they had physical proof. They had physical proof, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's kind of different to the other sightings that people saw. Like, five foot... Well, he says you know that it was um he he didn't have a good look at the thing although you know estimating it to be five foot nine inches i think that's probably you, you know you need you, you need a, a a relatively good look to be able to estimate down to the inch but i get get where they're saying that's kind of like um you know breast height for me pinkish skin human looking face and limbs spikes along its head mouth like a carp so that absolutely isn't a manatee because there are no spikes on a manatee um the carp like mouth that is that could be a manatee but at the same time it's it's unlikely because manatees like i suppose with a stretch of the imagination you could say they have a carp like mouth but not really i think what they're trying to say they're more snouty aren't they they're more snout yes exactly exactly um but what's interesting in this uh encounter is that there's no there's no hair um described um and it it feels much more Oh, I don't know. Like much, much, much less human than the other encounters, and and that um, description of the gurgling, burping noise—that's that's a little disturbing, I think. Yeah. Um, but but let let's go on because I've got uh, got a few more encounters, and then we can see we can see where we land. So. The next one, 1967, in British Columbia in Canada. And so the story goes, there's a ferry filled with tourists and they spotted a blonde-haired mermaid sitting topless on the beach, eating a fish and enjoying the waves splash upon her. One witness said she was attractive and had dimples. I think he was paying too close attention. (laughs) Um, A similar incident happened later that week with a mermaid spotted, but by that time there were plenty of sceptics who didn't believe she was real. There's a gentleman called Charles White from the Undersea Gardens. He put up a reward for $25,000 to capture the mermaid and even offered room and board with special combs for the mermaid's pleasure. <laughs> Again, we get the combs. Um, this <laughs> this that's, might... that's a really bad chat-up line, isn't it? You can come and stay with me. I'll give you a comb. Yes, 
<laughs> I, I quite agree. And uh, the article goes on to say, this might sound odd, but the company was desperate to prove her, in, her existence. And then, sadly, unfortunately, the story died soon after. Oh. So um, that is... I don't know. So that, that takes us up to the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, uh, I've got... Uh, I'm going to bring us right into modern times. So 1998. Right. Uh, and this is on Hawaii and a place called Kuala Kona. I think that's how you say it. Kuala Kona. And um, there's a gentleman... Uh, that we're going to call uh, Lightcher. And he operates the Jack Diving Locker of Kauai. And he Kauai. says he, he, he was 20 minutes off the coast of Kauai when he saw what looked like a nude woman swimming with a pod of dolphins. The woman was able to keep up with the pace of the dolphins, which Lyker thought was odd. All of a sudden, she jumps into the air and he realises that she has the lower half of a fish. Ten people on the boat witnessed the incident, but the mermaid disappeared just after she jumps out of the water. You might think this is the end of the story, uh, and this is the, what the article says, but an hour later, as like she was photographing some underwater life, that same mermaid brushed up against him while swimming and turned back again just in time for him to snap a few pictures. And then he says, I feel very lucky that I'm the one to finally prove to the world what people have known for half a century. The Kawai Point Mermaid is real. Now... The photo's a bit disappointing. You're going to say, what do those photos look like? And and I'm going to tell you... He he had his lens cap on. No, well, I'm going to tell you that, first of all, the link from that article uh, gives me a 404 error. And <laughs> sub- subsequent searches for this supposed photograph give me nothing, <laughs> nothing that I could right. bring to a court of law. So, um, sadly, I think it's a great story, but once again, there's... I you know I can't I can't bring you anything that will convince you sadly sadly but also once we're getting to modern times a lot of those kind of free divers and stuff have those massive almost flipper things don't they that are like a mermaid tail so you, there, there probably is some misspotting going on as well when you get yeah to oh yeah time. yeah yeah totally yeah yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, that's this. I was getting excited. A real life mermaid. Well, like if if you 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 know if you search the Kaiwi Point mermaid, you will find some pictures which look like they don't look they're real, do they? They they aren't real. No, they aren't real. And and once you get to like the fourth in row, you'll find some woman with a bikini top on, and uh, you know. A fish, yep. a fish bum end, and yep. like n- none of this, none of this gives any any evidence whatsoever. But right. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the episode with um, I think I'll give you two two stories, and I think they're kind of interesting. I don't think any of them 
either of them, I should say, will um, make you think, oh, mermaids are real. But I think it will give you cause for for thought. Okay. And the first one is from 2008. And it's from a gentleman called Daniel Cupido. And he says um, he and his friends were next to uh well i i should say that he he lives in uh the western cape of south africa and he says um he and his friends were next to the river at about half past 11 at night when they heard something like someone bashing on a wall cupido went towards the sound and found a figure like that of a white woman with long black hair thrashing about in the water cupido said he tried to help the woman but she made the strangest sound. And his mother says she was so, she, she said the sound was so sorrowful, my heart could take it no more. And she describes the creatures. She goes on to say that they were um, half human and half fish living in deep pools. And then there's a quote, and this is where you kind of have to again go, Oh, really? The tourism officer from the area said she knew the people who saw these these creatures and they did not misuse uh, alcohol and vouch for the credibility of the group. So once again, like, yeah, fine. But it, that, <clears throat> that one, because at first I was thinking he's got his mum there, so... That gives credence to the story, but then I just remembered that line from the Lou Reed song, Last Great American Whale, where he, I think the lyric is, my mother said she saw him in Chinatown, but you can't always trust your mother. Which... Yeah, <laughs> and, and if you've got someone from the tourist board coming in, like, mm. ugh. And and so sadly, sadly, I have to say, so far, all of the accounts are, you know, I think we can take mm. each one with a pinch of. So and and the the last one I'm going to tell you about, I don't think it's any different. Um, <laughs> sadly, I was trying to find a denouement where we could go oh yeah but this this is this, this, this is, is the, the tada moment this is the tada moment but um i was really surprised to find an interview about mermaids on the royal college of surgeons website hey. and i i thought oh my goodness maybe maybe there's a scientific angle to this that i haven't yet explored and so this the interview that they give is um it's it's written out verbotum and i suppose the the line that struck me because i did a like a skim read because it's quite a long one um the one the 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 per, one of the people doing the interview yes mermaids and i uh, uh, and i am reliably informed by my colleagues and by our speaker that this is a serious credible topic and i leave it for you to decide and so at that point i was kind of excited and went oh goodness okay here we go this is here the, we go 
This is the Royal College of Surgeons. It's a it it it's a it's a reliable and credible topic. And then I read through the whole interview and unfortunately no there is no <laughs> there's no evidence whatsoever it was april the 1st no no i it was it was a bunch of people basically what it was was an interview about is it possible that a mermaid could exist could exist and it was basically mermaid clickbait um yeah though you you have to go you see, quite see what i did there Oh, God, no, I didn't. But yes, I see what you did. Yes. Tough crowd. (laughs) Uh, So the the interview kind of goes on and there's a point where there's some people who say they came face to face with a mermaid and what they're they're trying to do is say, is is the uh, physiology of a mermaid possible is it possible to have a air breathing half ape half fish creature and kind of like it's a pretty long debate that goes on for many pages and the and, upshot and is, is the conclusion no uh well no no so they say yeah it's possible um but is there any evidence nope and the reason it's possible is down to some things like so for example if you if you look at a whale a whale is a creature that evolves from a land mammal and its closest living relative is right. actually a pig and whales have I didn't know that. yeah they have four legs and they have hip bones and that is because they they were once a land mammal that decided, oh, sod this, we'll get back in the water. And that's why they've got lungs. And their nose turned into being something on top of their head. And so, yeah, what whales whales are nuts, basically. <laughs> they, 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 they came out of the sea, they spent some time on land, and then decided, now I'm going back in the going sea. Going back. And yeah, we're going back in the sea. I'm going to have my nose on the top of my head, and I'm going to sing songs that people can hear on each side of the ocean. <laughs> and you go, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. And 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 the sort of the argument goes, well, if you can have a whale, you can probably you can have, have you can have a mermaid. But the thing is, we've seen whales, and there aren't any, uh, despite those. yeah despite those uh those sightings that i read to you i like there is there is no real evidence that mermaids are are a, a real thing and and while i find that really sad because it would be great to have a mermaid yeah i i i do think that some of it is born out of um I don't know. I think I think there's a weird thing where men would quite like a topless fish with some yeah. uh, with some it, comely it sa- breasts. It sounds like what we were talking about earlier, doesn't it? These tales excuse the pun again <laughs> come come from 
you know, semen. I'll say that again. <laughs> These tales come from men who've basically been at sea for too long, who've yeah. drunk too much rum and are yeah. desperate to, for the sight of a female form and have probably seen a manatee or something and and gone, yeah, that'll do. Um <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> That'll do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you see yeah. that manatee? Oh my god, she was so hot. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and I, th- I think that the discussion we had about you know people bathing or naked swimmers back in seventeen, sixteen, whenever it is, hundreds being too shocking that almost it's better to say it was a mermaid. I think there's something in that. Um, it is making me think, so uh, you, that your fact you gave me about whales, I know we were making a joke earlier about we're not Blue Planet, but I've got a funny story to tell you aside from mermaids. Mm-hmm. So um, Ben will know my son, who's 10 years old, is obsessed with animal facts. He's just obsessed with mm-hmm. animals mm-hmm. and facts. And a while back, we uh, Ben, you talked on the podcast about squirrels that there were once squirrels that were giant and the size of horses mm, Do you remember that yes yeah 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 absolutely so so i told him that and he said oh, i've told loads of people about that because that he loved that fact um <laughs> and i said oh i better check with ben because you know i i, I think he, i think it it might be a kind of mythical thing i need to check that it was real with ben <laughs> and my son said to me it's all right. I told my friends that it was Ben who told you, so it might not be true. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it is absolutely true. And good, horses, good. Uh, horses sit on the same evolutionary branch as squirrels, and horses descend from giant squirrels that were uh, carnivores, and then they turned into omnivores and then vegetarians right and then they became horses so the gray squirrel and your stallion they they're on the same they're the same branch that's absolutely true okay i'll I'll let him know the other thing i'm thinking ben for this episode because it's rare we kind of come down one way or the other but we're pretty much coming down to the thought that we don't think mermaids exist right Sadly not, no. So I'm a bit worried because it was your partner who suggested this episode and was hoping maybe for something a bit more conclusive. So I was wonder- I was wondering how we get you out of this bind because she might be a bit disappointed with the episode. Shall we, for a conclusion, just pretend that the whole episode we've proved that these things exist and then you can and then you can just play her that bit oh good shout yeah, yeah. good shout yeah 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 okay yeah. I'll, I'll i'll kick us off well ben you know what when we started this episode i thought there's not a chance that ben's going to be able to convince me that mermaids exist but with that evidence that you've provided uh, there, there seems to be no doubt at all that they are a phenomena that is a, probably out of everything we've done 
it's the most conclusive proof that we've had of a cryptid, don't you think? <laughs> there's, there's literally no doubt. Yeah, mer- mer- mermaids, there are literally every beach around the UK. I'm really surprised that none of them have been invited into, uh, l- like, you know, a hotel or a B&B. Yes, yeah. mermaids well, look- are everywhere. <laughs> Well, thank your partner for suggesting that because it, it's the closest we've got to proving anything on the podcast. And, and what I, I just while we've been speaking, I found her fishtail costume and the, the pictures of her topless on Brighton Beach. I don't know if that means anything, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to go and investigate. <laughs> if you open, if you open the drawer next to a bedtime table, is it full of combs? <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but most of my house is built of combs. It's, I'd never thought of that before, but yeah, yeah. When I walk down the stairs, it's stairs made of combs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, look, we're we're going to be back next week on the quantum mechanics i think what we're going to do we're going to uh we've got some things that we're going to do over the next few weeks we might be kicking off christmas a bit early on the quantum mechanics so the holiday season might start next week so uh make sure you come back and uh listen to our episode next week and thanks for hearing our tall fishy tales today yeah yeah no no thank you thank you very much and um yeah, Christmas is very, very, very close. Um, yeah. and I, I don't know, like, we both live in southern England, but we've had snow twice this week. Twice. I know, that'd be great, wouldn't it? I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah, yeah, well. Excellent. All right, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye. Quantum mechanics.